By the heart one believes and is justified, and by our hearts we're captured by art, we're captured by beauty, and specifically we're captured by movies. Welcome back to By the Heart, where we analyze our favorite movies and specifically talk about the gospel themes in every great story. I'm here again with my co-host Sean Lally. Sean, how you doing? Good, man. What's going on? Man, just... Really excited again to get back into it, talk about some of our favorite pieces of art. Diving in. We are convinced that every great piece of art uh, is permeated by Jesus and his story. There's nuance and subtlety to the gospel, which is that Jesus died and resurrected on behalf of the world. And by faith, you are saved and you now live with joy and peace and you live with purpose. And in gospel thematic art, there is nuance and subtlety. And over the, the life of the pod, we're expecting to talk about those nuances. Today, we are talking about one of the movies that shattered my mind when I was in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road. I couldn't believe it when we watched it. Sean and I watched this in IMAX 3D. In Blacksburg, man. Oh. That was incredible. I'm still shaking in my boots. That was at a time where like 3D was getting really popular, and people, I think, were finding maybe it really wasn't worth it. I was always under the impression that 3D was great when it was made great, and 3D was terrible when it was made terrible. Yeah, I agree. Mad Max Fury Road, written and directed by George Miller. Um, so just to sum up the movie... In, an, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search for her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshiper, and a drifter named Max. Mm. The very opening scene, you see Max uh, with long hair, a long beard, standing looking out into the horizon in the desert, and a two-headed lizard Mm -hmm. crawls up to him, and he just stomps on it. Yep. And then eats it. Yep. And right out of the gate, (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. All right, what what were some of your first impressions of Mad Max Fury Road? (laughs) This movie's insane. (laughs) But the costume design, I can't imagine what that looked like backstage. Oh my goodness. The, the setup, what they have people do within the movie, I, I wish I could describe it more, but you, it's something you just have to watch the movie to get. It, there's a scene where it looks like there's like uh, 10 pole vaulters <laughs> at the top of the pole vault, and they are swinging back and forth. From cars. From cars. Going probably 100 miles an hour. Yeah. They're just dropping bombs into the (laughs) other cars, and they're picking people up, throwing them off cars. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. The entire movie is essentially a car chase. It's the whole movie, yeah. It And it is so crazy, and it is insane. My first impressions are that this is a world that I definitely don't want to be in. Oh, my goodness, no. No. Just post-apocalyptic ruin. Um, ruled by tyrannical leaders. There's no green in the entire movie. It's just dry desert. Desert. Everywhere. Um, yeah, I remember 
the 3D scenes where car uh, steering wheels were thrown at us in the yeah. theater and um, explosions. Yep. And I think this is pretty much the best, smartest action movie I've ever seen. This is my favorite action movie of all time. It's one of my favorite movies, period. It's in my top five. Ever. So just to give you guys a little uh, snippet into how crazy this movie is, I have some fun facts. The movie took seven months to shoot. Mm -hmm. They had 470 hours of shooting. The, the editors had to watch the footage for three months. <laughs> it took two years to edit the movie. And it was in the desert. It was probably the hardest movie of all time to make, I would say. I, I don't know if I can really compare it to a whole lot because I don't really dive into stuff like that. But I cannot imagine a movie being harder to film than this. It took them three months to go through the footage. Yeah, three months? 470 hours? Are you <laughs> kidding me? That's so much. That's so much. Not 470 minutes. Yeah. It's not Godfather. Yeah. The 470 hours. That's like... Uh, 940 of our episodes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. The other fun fact that I have is Max only has 52 lines in the whole movie. Yeah, this is not a movie of dialogue. But the lines hold a lot of weight. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. The lines hold so much weight. Um, it is what it is. It's an action movie. Yeah. Um, brilliantly made. Most of the action movies that you see in today's age, or really ever, just most action movies have cheesy lines about going to get the girl or going to do something sacrificial or doing something heroic. There's not a lot of that in this. You don't walk away from the dialogue and go, oh, that was cheesy, or you don't laugh at it while you're watching it and go, that was dumb. No, the, the dialogue's good. Yeah. They're good lines. They're, they're really well done, and they're really well chosen. They choose their words wisely. Yeah. So we have five categories, gospel theme moments in our characters, we have our time to pee, we've got our gospel quotes, we've got our Jimmy V uh, category, and then we have our at the heart, or by the heart, I should say. This is the category where we uh, are captured by art, the things that make us really love the movie. Yeah. So let's go ahead. To start, we have our four characters that we're going to be looking at is uh, Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron. Immortan Joe, played by Hugh Keyes-Byrne. Nux, played by Nicholas Holt. And Holty. Max, played by Tom Hardy. Sean, why don't you kick us off with Furiosa? I think you have some great thoughts there. Furiosa was awesome in this movie. I think that's the one thing, if you watch this movie, you go in thinking that Tom Hardy's going to be the main character. And he is one of the main characters, but Furiosa steals this show. She is the main character. She is the best character. And, um... What I had from it, I just thought this is what someone from a gospel theme moment, this is what a disciple looks like. We talked about that a little bit when we were rewatching it. Um, a disciple is someone who sees, someone who feels, and someone tastes a way of life that is different from what everyone else is living. And she wants other people to experience that. Yeah, so Furiosa, she is actually a commander of Immortan Joe's army. Of um, they, they basically rule the land. So she is pretty much sold out for him up until this moment. Yeah, and at this point she realizes, knowing that she has previous knowledge of a place that she wants these other people to experience, somewhere that has hope and somewhere that, somewhere that has joy and somewhere that has freedom to experience those things. 
and she wants them to experience that. So she goes ahead and she creates a new plan. Yeah, so Furiosa uh, takes, I think, four um, of Immortan Joe's breeders. So the disgusting part is that Immortan Joe takes the prettiest girls mm -hmm. and he enslaves them and he makes them uh, get impregnated so that they can have his children mm -hmm. and his children can grow up to be war boys. And Furiosa realizes the absolute uh, just disgust and oppression that's going on and she does what any disciple would do as they're changed by Jesus. Uh, she fights for their freedom. Yeah. And she sees, and t like Sean said, she tastes and sees something better. Yeah. And does almost anything she can. So she steals a war rig. Yep. And this is what kicks off the whole movie. She steals a, a war rig and she is on, uh, they're on a mission. Yeah, they're about to go on a mission for Morton Joe. And she, and she goes rogue. Yeah. She steers the car off the road of whatever they were about to go do. I, I don't think they really say what they're about to go do. But I don't think that's really the point. Yeah, she steers off-road. She does her own thing. And uh, she takes her his four breeders, his four... I don't even know what they are. They're, they're young women. Yeah. And says, all right, this is not the life and that you should be having. And the women say a few times, we are not things. And that's what they were being treated like, like yep. objects. Mm -hmm. And Furiosa comes to free them. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, you know that she goes rogue to take them to the green place where women specifically are given dignity. They're given respect. They have autonomy decisions. They have more. They have that freedom rather than being enslaved to Morton Joe's reign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's huge because that gives us a picture of what it means to be a woman with Christ. Jesus is the first and really own relig only religious leader who gives real dignity to women. Mm -hmm. And where the church has oppressed women in the, in the past, we know that that's not what Jesus was about. No. He was and is about freeing women to be joyful, uh, creative, creative, and not to be in a box, which I think the church has done. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. Women are... <laughs> I know so many women who are much smarter than I am. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, even Christians treat women like they're not that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Furiosa is going to take these uh, four ladies to a place where they can be freed. Hopefully, that's the goal. Next character, Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe. Played by Hugh Keys Byrne. Maybe the weirdest Costume design in the movie? <laughs> Definitely creepy. It's out there. He is so creepy. Yeah, he's wearing not a lot. <laughs> he's completely painted white. Um, he's got weird hair and a breathing mask. I don't know. Kind of looks like he's prepared for Corona 2020. <laughs> uh, he is as creepy as they come. Joe, Immortan Joe is clearly a worshiper of power. Yes. He's clearly wanting... Power over people and even just power to rule. Um, he holds water from all of the people just to have power. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is a picture of what what is going to happen or what will happen um, in apocalyptic type of times. We're not made to live in chaos. Mm -hmm. So no, no matter even if it's evil, people are going to uh, 
going to gather into factions um, eventually. And Immortan Joe just happens to be a completely evil leader. Yep. And people are all about him. They actually worship him. Yeah. Like, there's a huge crowd that comes to him, and they're worshiping him for his water and for who he is. Is this similar to maybe how, like, a pharaoh would have been? Pro- yeah, for sure. He kind of, he's like a pharaoh. He's got all the power in the land. I just think of, like, Moses and the story of pharaoh and, and whatnot in the Old Testament when I think of that, of a Morton Joe. Yeah, Morton. I don't know what a Morton is. Maybe he's an immortal. I have no idea. But Maybe we should Google it. Nah. Yeah, keep not, rolling. Keep rolling. Not <laughs> worth it. Uh he, he bre- like we said earlier, he took these four ladies, and I'm sure over the years there's been plenty more ladies, and he breeds uh, little boys to be his war pups and then to be his war boys. And these, these boys are uh, raised to fight for him only, for all of his evil causes, and that's their whole lives. They actually believe that uh, when they get to a certain age, they're supposed to die for him yeah. So that they can be reincarnated again. Yeah. And the boys are, like, happy to do it. Yep. And that just shows how evil Immortan Joe is. It it really shows what happens when um, evil rules the day. Or even if evil rules in your own heart, you can make uh, similar heart decisions as Immortan Joe. Maybe you won't uh, hold people captive, but you are going to... Um, Make selfish decisions based on your power. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. Right. Pure evil from Morton Joe. Just pure evil. So let's keep going. We have Nux, who's played by Nicholas Holt. What sport do you think Nux would play? Oh, what sport do I think Nux would play? I don't know. He's got a good little jog going on when they are running. They're getting out of the, the muddy place where they get their rigs stuck. He's got like a, a an athlete's jog going on. You can see in some movies where guys clearly weren't athletes. Like if you see John Krasinski run in any movie, <laughs> it looks like he wasn't an athlete, even though he's got a good hoop session in the office. Not to say. But if you see him run, watch him run in, in uh, what's the, A Quiet Place. Uh, watch yeah. him run. Not a super athletic looking run. Uh, hold on. I disagree. John Krasinski is yoked in everything he's in after I didn't say he office. wasn't. You can be yoked and not be an athlete. I know plenty of guys like that. Go to, the, go to a gym anywhere and you see a dude trying to make his bicep curls look huge because he can't do anything. He can't throw a football. He can't run. Doesn't mean he's an athlete. Just means he's yoked. Krasinski was out here cooking Roy in the office. <laughs> he was. I know. I'm confused because his run didn't look that good in that movie. And there's another movie I can't think of. Maybe 13 Hours. 13 Hours. Jack Ryan. <laughs> Jack Reed. That's what it is. It's Jack Ryan. Oh. It's Jack Ryan the uh, Amazon series, which is like okay, but I love it because it's bad action. I will never. He does watch not it. look like an athlete, but Nux looks like an athlete here. He does. I he's think like Nux has the best stamina. He he gets kicked out. It looks like they're on a hundred mile oasis, and Nux keeps falling out of these war rigs and yep. keeps running to he catch just, up. Yeah, he never stops. I think he would be a great soccer player because of that. I agree. I think he'd be if he played basketball. He would play like Matthew Dellavedova, where <laughs> you probably just want to elbow him and get him away from you because, because he'll he never stop. He's never going to stop. But I agree, soccer would be the right one. Just so much, so much stamina. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I actually think Nux is the most important character in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nux is a war boy. Let's hear this. Who is ready to die for Morton Joe and go to Valhalla? Ah, that's my. Uh, what's your <laughs> What's your Morton Joe? Do you have an Morton Joe? 
uh, impersonation? No, I'm going to pass on the impressions <laughs> on this one. <laughs> no impressions. <laughs> no impressions in this one. Uh, so Nux is about to go to Valhalla, die for Mor- Morton Joe. He says something like, I live, I die, I live again. Yeah, he says it a few times. He is so ready to die for an evil cause. He is, he is a zealot, and he's been nurtured into being a zealot. Yeah. He's going to give his life for a leader who is evil, but over some funny circumstances, like his chain gets stuck, mm-hmm. uh, Max kind of um, makes him crash. All these things happen to where Nux actually can't die. He was supposed to die three times, and he says something about it. Yeah. I saw the gates three times, and I couldn't die. Mm-hmm. Um because of those circumstances, he ends up becoming a crew member with Furiosa, Max, and uh, the girls. The girls, yeah. and they open his eyes to, to real truth—the truth about Joe, mm-hmm. the truth about their world—and mm-hmm. um, when his eyes are open to the truth, he changes. He changes from a zealot for Mo- or Immortan Joe to. Not, not just a zealot for good, but he actually realizes his own emotions. Mm-hmm. He takes a time, he sits back, and he realizes that he's sad. Yep. He realizes that he's depressed. He realizes that he's been oppressed. And uh, he has this major um, character swing of being liberated from the hands of a Morton Joe. Yeah. And the reason why I think it's the most important is that is the gospel theme of the movie is that when your eyes are open to the truth of Jesus, you are liberated. Yep. You don't ignore your emotions anymore. You don't just say, okay, well, I'm just going to fight through this. You sit back. You realize that the way that you're feeling, uh, the way that you act, your desires, the things that make you you, God redeems those instead of ignores them. Yep. And this is what we see in Nux. He actually, so the very beginning of the movie, he's ready to die for Morton Joe. And the end of the movie, he's ready to do anything to destroy evil. Yep. It's a pretty amazing swing. That's what happens with Jesus. You go from a, uh, you go from someone who might even dabble in evil things to someone who fights for freedom. I don't have anything to add. I think you hit the nail on the head there, man. All right, well, let's go into Max, played by Tom Hardy. Mm, What's your favorite Tom Hardy movie? My favorite Tom Hardy movie, without a doubt, Warrior. Oof. If we watch Warrior, we'll probably do it. We're going to get Warrior on here. We have to. Warrior will definitely happen, but there will be cries in Warrior. That was one of the first movies where I kind of teared up, and I wasn't ashamed about it. Warrior is so good. And he has the biggest traps of all time in Warrior. I remember immediately after that, watching that movie, I went to the gym and started working on my traps. <laughs> just kidding. Shoulder shrugs only. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Uh, my favorite Tom Hardy movie is probably Dunkirk. I mean, it's not quite a Tom Hardy movie, but he is a major major character. So. He is. Dunkirk's such a unique movie. I just love Dunkirk. Dunkirk is an amazing movie. We need to do that one too. So Max, played by Tom Hardy... Uh, I actually think Max's character is not that important. Yeah, it's just, it's curious that Max and all the other Mel Gibson Mad Maxes is the main character. He's the main person. And in this one, it's not. He's clearly the second main character, and he's clearly in, he's in every scene, but it's Furiosa. Well, I think Nux is the second main character. 
I think Max is just not important. I don't know. Well, I mean, the movie starts with Max. The movie's about Max's journey into uh, where are they at? What, what's the place that Immortan Joe reigns? I don't know. I, I, I forget what it's called, but like he's there. He tries to escape. He's the blood bag. I think he's clearly the second main character. I mean, you could even make the argument that I think he is the main character, but I think Charlize just steals the show as Furiosa. What's the difference between clearly the main character and definitely the main character? That's a great question. We'll get to that another time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I I do think that we do have some gospel theme moment for Max, which is um, we find out that Tom Hardy, or Max, sorry, is a universal blood donor. And after this massive fight, he gives his blood to save Furiosa. And that's really, I mean, that's a pretty... Um, I like that as a gospel theme moment because we know that that's what Jesus did. And every savior complex uh, in every movie inadequately represents Christ who gave his blood so that anyone who believes can now fully live. Max gives his blood to Furiosa so so she could live. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides that, I really think we could do without Max in the whole movie. He's just really good. I don't know. Tom I mean, Hardy, he, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's kills just it. so good. He's yeah. so good. I maybe I shouldn't say that. I I, th- I think you're wrong. Okay. All right. Uh, category number two. When you can pee. Time to pee. The hard part about this, Al, is we keep pick, picking movies where there's <laughs> not really a lot of time to pee. I don't think that we can pee. <laughs> the only one I would say is there's a small gap between them getting stuck in the mud and meeting up with the women of the green place where they're just kind of driving through. No, no, you know, no, that's an important scene too, because then you come to realize what that muddy place is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I would initially say my first watch, I was so entranced. I wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom, but on the rewatches, there are a few parts that do drag. And I would say, after they get out of the, the muddy place, mm-hmm. they're just kind of like driving and having a random conversation. Yeah. Doesn't really add a whole lot. Yeah, but they're driving through what they come to realize is the green place. Oh, and is that what happens? Yeah, the muddy place is the green place. Oh. She said, yeah, she said that Charlize Furiosa asks about the green place, and the women tell her, you already gone through it. Oh, man. And that's where like, where like the crow people are or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's the green place. It died. Oh my goodness. How'd you miss that? Spoilers. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a few years. Okay, well, By the Heart Podcast, sponsored by nobody. Wow. Chick-fil-A has not responded to our uh, emails yet. Did you email them? No. Oh, me either. But it would have been fun too. That's a good idea. Maybe after Corona we'll get them. Our third category, gospel theme quotes, parts of the movie where characters use lines that made us think of the gospel. Al, what's yours? So, Nux says, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die historic on the Fury Road. Mm-hmm. And that's really what all the war boys are about, dying for glory. And I think it made me think of um, how we just live as humans wanting greatness Wanting a purpose, mm-hmm. and that makes me ask the next question, which is, what does it mean to be great? Mm-hmm. Do you have to have a dying on the Fury Road experience to have a great life? Yeah. So what success looks like? Or can an ordinary life be great? Yeah. I think, I think one of the marks of being a Christian, one of the marks of 
being transformed by Christ is that ordinary is good enough. Yeah. If if ordinary isn't good enough, you're going to be chasing something other than Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes Jesus is going to free us to do quote unquote great things. Sometimes he won't. And if all you want is the mountaintop experience, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. I agree. Uh, Greg, our, our head pastor, recommended Ordinary by Michael Horton to me. And I kind of had, had a lot of those thoughts of, I need to like, stop chasing the dream of making it big or doing whatever it is. Not that I thought I was going to, or, but I think all of us inside of us, we want that big moment that can define us. And that book by Horton really challenged my thoughts of saying, you know, Jesus is here and wants you in this small, ordinary moment because it's not ordinary. It's part of your life and it's important and he cares. Yeah. Yeah. We think that ordinary is bad, but Jesus is, is showing up everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's not just on the mountaintop. No, no. Moses had to go to Mount Sinai to meet God. Jesus tore the veil in his death so that we meet him every single place that we're yeah. at. It's not just the mountaintop. It's not just the valley. It's everywhere. It's everywhere everywhere in between. Yep. So good. Do you have any quotes? Yeah. Towards the end of the movie, right before they make their journey back, um, Max looks at Furiosa and says, you know, hope is a mistake. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. And I think hearing that quote when we were rewatching it from a biblical perspective, we already know this as Christians. We can try and fix what's broken. We can try to fix what's broken about our life. But if you try to do that with anything other than Christ, you're going to go insane because it will not satisfy. You're going to jump from one thing to another, seeking to fill a void that only knowing your relationship with God and knowing your identity in Christ can fill. That's it. And so I thought I heard that quote and I was like, dang, like that's so gospel centered. Yeah, that's great. And my last one is uh, on their way back. Um, after the green place, they're, they're on their way back to kind of take Morton Joe's kingdom from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the girls is praying, and her friend says, who are you praying to? And she says, anyone who's listening. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, especially if you're not a believer out there, you're like, well, will God listen, or will he hear me? How will I know? And Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. And in our curiosity and in our um, searching for um, God, in our prayers, if we're praying like that, who are you praying to? Anyone who's who's listening, um, if you knock, God will answer. Um, If you seek, you will find him. And he's going to be standing there, arms open, ready to accept you as you are to give you your worth and your dignity back. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. That is the gospel. There's nothing you can do. Jesus is there, standing, willing, already paying the price. You don't have to better yourself. Every day, if you laugh, you think, (laughs) and you cry, every day, that's a full day. How's my Jimmy V impersonation? <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't you know you were going for that. That's pretty hilarious. It wasn't great. <laughs> this is our fourth category, the Jimmy V category. Go ahead and type Jim Balvano, uh, laugh, think, cry speech. It's worth it. This is the moments in the movie that made us laugh, 
think, and cry. Okay, so the moment that made me laugh. The, there is a blind guitar player on the front of Immortan <laughs> Joe's war rig who is playing a guitar the whole time and flames are shooting out of his guitar. I have notes on this. I, I really do. Okay, tell me your notes. Uh, my notes on it, like, the sound and the visual of the guitar player, he's hanging by bungee cords <laughs> with a wall of speakers behind him that are clearly, like, the bass is, like, bumping out of them. And he's dressed in a red onesie with a mask covering his vision, or he's just blind. We're not really sure. I don't really know. Um, and when he strums his guitar, fire shoots out of an exhaust at the top of it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And he's just bouncing around the entire movie. Oh, and on the backside of this car amphitheater that they have, there's drums. People just playing drums the entire movie. And... It's incredible. It captivates. It captivated me. Yeah. Well, my fun fact about the guitar player is apparently this guitar was 120 pounds and actually shot flames. So oh, like, really? Yeah. When the guy was actually so that wasn't CGI. No. Oh, that's incredible. They were shooting flames as he was doing this. Whoa! I didn't know that. Okay. What's your laugh? My laugh. There's a point when they get stuck in what we come to find out is the green place. Uh, they're getting they're stuck, and Nux jumps into the rig and is trying to drive to get it out. But Tom Hardy thinks he's stealing, or, or uh, Max thinks he's stealing the car, and so he opens up the door and points a gun at him. And Nux looks at him and says, "There's high ground just beyond that thing." <laughs> and then the girl says, the, it, "The camera pans to the thing," and the girl goes, "He means that tree." <laughs> but he has no idea what a tree is because it's an apocalyptic world. <laughs> And he's a war boy. <laughs> he's a war boy. He has no idea. It's perfectly logical, and it, but it's so funny. It was meant to be humorous. And then he later he says, "I'm going to take my wench and I'm going to wrap it around the tree thing." <laughs> so good. Uh, that's great. Uh, my think, actually, my think is when Max said, "Hope is a mistake," mm-hmm. what, which was kind of your defining yeah. gospel moment or yeah. gospel quote. Um, yeah, I just was thinking about that. Hope in the wrong thing is a mistake. It will lead you to destruction. Yeah. You got any thanks? I just think the lengths that Max and Furiosa go for people, including one another in the movie, uh, just shows shows a human connection. Uh, we fight for human dignity, and it's impossible to deny. Yeah. Not just in this situation, but people all around the world fight for human dignity, and it's impossible to, to deny that human connection we all have. What about your cry? My cry is when Furiosa realizes the green place no longer exists. Oof. And she's walking up the sand hill with the dramatic violin and other woodwick instruments playing. And she unstraps her robot arm and <laughs> she drops to her knees and she has that disappointment scream that's just like agonizing. Mm. Oh, it's just like she believed with everything that this was going to be it. And this was going to be their freedom. And it's gone. And there's nothing there. And now she doesn't know what to do. That was such a heart-wrenching moment. The reason that's not my cry uh, is if you refer back to earlier in the podcast, I forgot or didn't know that they actually went through the green place. (laughs) Uh, My cry is just all the apocalyptic hopelessness. Mm -hmm. I I seriously don't think I could make it more than three days without hope. Yeah. I I just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, All right. We have our by the heart category, our last category. This is the moments that gripped us, Mm -hmm. made us really love the movie, come back for it. Uh, My first one is the very first bass drum riff 
Yes. Had me locked in. Yep. I so I had the exact same thing. Right when the drums started going. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. In the theater was incredible. Even sitting here watching it in in your house was incredible. But in the theater, oh my goodness. Oof. Um, actually, also I have um, seeing seeing the movie in IMAX for the first time. Yes. It was literally just a full experience. Yep. You really you need to watch it in surround sound yep. to get that experience again. But my suggestion is is when you do watch Mad Max Fury Road again, turn the sound up and turn your phone off. Yes. And eat popcorn. Yep. Because even the little things, the little action moments are so well done that you don't want to miss them. Don't want to miss them. Yeah. I this movie was clearly a visual and audio movie. The score, whatever the score means, I don't know why they call it score, but the music, the um, the art with it, it was incredible. The, the bass drums that constantly pound just capture you. And you can, you, you can feel it in your body. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. You can just feel it. It's an experience, like you said. Then the only other one I had was the Sandstorm. As they're driving, as Furiosa is leading this rogue mission, they're about to drive into a Sandstorm. And they give you a, a visual from miles away. And the CGI is incredible. Yeah. It looks incredible. And then they, they bring you right back into the scene where you're in the car with them and they're in the storm and people are flying everywhere and the rig is heavy enough, thankfully, that they can drive through it. I think visually it's incredible. Hmm. Yeah, I think just the whole movie is an experience that you have to experience. Yes. Um, thanks for joining us on By the Heart as we journeyed through Mad Max Fury Road. Remember... Jesus is Lord. He is the answer to all your hopelessness. He's the answer to all your oppression and all your fear. And um, it's nothing that you can do that gives you salvation just by faith alone because of what he did. He shed his blood and he gave his blood so that we can live. So join us next time where we probably will talk about Terminator salvation. Can't wait. See you next time. Later.